Hey there, business animals. It's Kim here. And today, Kara and I have a really interesting interview to bring you with a very intriguing young man named Nick. Now, Nick has a business named Artemis Horse Match. And basically, this is a really unique and interesting way for buyers of horses and sellers of horses to get involved with each other and to make that perfect match. Now, we have some interesting tidbits around that that you'll hear right at the beginning of the interview. So if you're intrigued by Artemis Horse match. Stay tuned. There's going to be some really good information there. But as the interview goes on, Nick shares with us a lot of really interesting wisdom from bringing a brand new concept into the marketplace, something that probably the marketplace has not seen before and has to get adjusted to. So in this episode, we would like for you to listen for the following big three points. And trust me, there's going to be a lot of other little tidbits of wisdom along the way besides these three. But first of all, I would love for you to tune in when Nick is talking about how he took time to really get to know their customer and how he had to pivot a little bit because his guesses on customer behavior were not exactly what the equestrian market handed back to him when he started really working on his product. So that's really important when you're bringing something that's totally new into the marketplace and you have to understand your customer and how they are currently doing whatever it is the problem that you're solving happens to be. The second of the big three that we'd like for you to tune in and listen for is how important it is to create your product or service around the consumer's behavior. And so that really ties into the first of the big three because Nick had to do some adjustments and actually came out with a really interesting and unique product at the end of that, but it was co-created in process with the customers based around that consumer behavior. And then the final bit of wisdom that I think Nick offers in a very big way is a really important one for entrepreneurs. And that is no matter what you're doing, learn how to be an expert at it. So really dive in and understand how everything works in whatever industry or business that you're in and really, really take some time to get to know all the ins and outs of how your business works and how what you need to know, what you need to learn and how that's going to interact with your customers and the process of bringing your product into the marketplace, especially when it's something new and different. So without further ado, here is Nick from Artemis Horse Match. Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And today we're here with Nick Borden of Artemis Horse Match. And Nick has a really unique business and we're excited to talk to Nick today. He's brought some new ideas into the marketplace and done some really cutting edge innovative things with his new idea. And so we're kind of focusing today on how to bring those new ideas into the marketplace. Kara, why don't you tell everyone about Nick and Artemis? Absolutely. Nick, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you here. Folks, I'm going to tell you guys just a little bit about 
about Artemis. Artemis is the first proactive email matching service to buy and sell horses. Artemis privately emails sale horses right to your inbox based on rider-specific buying criteria. Horse owners can list their horses for free to be matched with qualified leads while saving time and money. Once a match is made, Artemis Horse Match sends an email outlining the horse's photo, video link, ID, characteristics, and button to email the owner directly. The process radically saves hours of time for buyers in their search for a sale horse. We filter horses on your scope and budget, all delivered to you. For sellers, Artemis offers free listings and provides discreet private matching to sellers without disclosing the exact sale price. And we'll let you guys know how to reach Nick at some point. But Nick, this sounds like a dating site for <laughs> horses and humans. Is that what this is? Are you pushing something over on us? Is this a dating oh, site gosh. for horses and humans to find one another? <laughs> well, it is in a way kind of like, you know, a dating site service in the sense where you're definitely window shopping that's for sure and coming up with artemis horse match we were trying to think of it as, as you know is it going to be a tinder for equestrians is it a way where they can match and we're like well it seems that that could be you know it's a definitely a really easy comparison to give to you know to riders saying this is what we offer but the mechanics are a little bit different because you know equestrians always have different horses they have different types it's not like tinder you're like oh i'm going to be matching a you know a couple of different people so I feel like it wouldn't cross entirely like that. It'd probably be a little <laughs> bit messy if Tinder had that option, but <laughs> but yes, it's similar. <laughs> I am. I've enjoyed getting to know you a little bit and learn about kind of like where this came from. Can you tell our audience like where did this idea of Artemis Horse Match come from? Yeah. So the idea came actually from listening to other equestrians and the closest ones to me were a couple of friends of mine in the hunter jumper space and polo. It was apparent after them approaching me that there is a problem with fragmented information in the equestrian world and that this information is so fragmented that it's really hard to aggregate it. And the responsibilities on the writer to pretty much henpeck through the internet and find all this information. So everyone was echoing this pretty loudly and as I was qualifying you know these claims that this is a true problem and from there Artemis kept developing different solutions to deliver content directly to the clients in an easy way and throughout that process Artemis had distilled it down to a really easy platform that matched the customer's behavior not necessarily just solve the problem. And so th that's how it started in the beginning. That is so cool. I personally love the Tinder reference. Um, I've done a little Tinder dating myself. And I'm going to be honest with you, I kind of ditched it for the men, but I really like the idea of, of window shopping for horses. <laughs> yep. That sounds much more productive and far less problematic. I know that the horses out there, they eat some things and I take care of them, but I, I've had far fewer problems from them than I have from the men in my life. So um, <laughs> one of the things that we really want to talk with you today about, Nick, is that concept of bringing something that's new and different to the marketplace. And, you know, in the equestrian industry, there's a lot of folks that, that probably aren't even familiar with online dating, let alone this concept of, of online matching with a horse or doing it. We've done it all old school, right? So we've kind of learned that we can go online and we can look at a website. But what you're doing is really different in that the information comes to the customers via email. There's a lot of extra services that Artemis Horse Match offers, like with photographers and all kinds of things. So talk to me about how you got started in this process of figuring out how to 
build this? I mean, what kind of research? What did you what did you have to do? And and kind of what pitfalls did you fall into when you started out with this concept and, and bringing it into to realization? Yeah. So when doing the initial research and looking into this market, I'm not equestrian myself. So I had a little bit of a learning curve going into this market. So what I did starting out with this idea or any entrepreneur is to qualify the problem and to say, what is truly a problem based on culture on the market? Or what is a problem based on true operations, you know, just the day-to-day life for a client. So the best way that I had found starting this was talking first, always qualifying every movement, every decision made to say, I'm making this decision as an entrepreneur because X, Y, Z. Anything besides that, and it's a big pitfall that entrepreneurs fell into, myself included, where it's, I have an idea of a solution just to a, to a problem. And I think the solution may do it. And then it's mostly a guess. You just go in, you build the product and you say, okay, I built it. They will come. Unfortunately, it is just in the field of dreams. That's <laughs> That concept does not exist outside of, <laughs> outside of that movie. You have to qualify asking the customer saying, do you like this? Great. Would you buy this? Different. Then would you use it? even more different. It's the same concept. Everyone's at the gym on like, that's my favorite example. Like January 1st, everyone says, this is my year. I'm going to the gym. Walking in May, I guarantee you about more than half are not there anymore. It's a behavior. And it's because you want to make it as easy as possible to give it to them. So in my case, when I was exploring Artemis, I built the platform and I said, okay, this is what the clients want. Now I need to figure out how to deliver it to them. This is what they told me to build. So went in and a lot of the things that are available on YouTube. So I went in, taught myself, and I already had some background already uh, technically. So I was a little bit more comfortable than most, but the amount of learning required, any entrepreneur can do it. Just go online and teach yourself and invest the time. Luckily it's free. So went in, built it, made the initial MVPs, the, the minimum viable product and tested it. See, does it work? Have people vet it and say, absolutely. And I even gone as far as to go to Barnes, and talk to other trainers, talk to other writers, and have them tell me what the interface and the experience is to them. And did they like it? I made sure that it was always a customer's data that was driving the, the build. Eventually, it went from a full-scale platform online, but nobody wanted to change the behavior to go on that platform. But they still needed the information, though, which is interesting. They still needed that, but they didn't want to go to it. They didn't want to change their habit. So it then pivoted to saying, well, perhaps an app. Lots of apps are being created. Will that work? So that's my second supposition. Then we considered building it, which we did, had some downloads. It was great. It did improve from the prior one, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to provide a mass scale solution. So from there, again, ask another hundred people and saying, would you prefer it in an email? Would you prefer just putting in five minutes of your time? The same amount of time we've seen when they're creating their initial accounts on the platform. Would you do it just to fill out one form on our site? And then you walk away. And then we'll just send you emails periodically and that's it. Would that be easy? And by far, you can't get any simpler than that. And exactly like what you mentioned, some people just aren't aware of online dating. Like there's some big voids in the market. And but at least the one thing everyone's heard about, it's email. Like that, that is for sure. I could at least bank that they know about email and text and you can't distill it any further. And that's where we found that that is the best way to distribute information. And as an entrepreneur, it's always good to pivot. And it is in every entrepreneur's best interest to do it yourself. Had I gone to a development firm or like other entrepreneurs take that orthodox route, the business would have failed immediately. There wouldn't have been a strong enough revenue model to support the initial investment into that construction 
So it's much better to do it yourself and just to make it just enough to get in front of the clients. Because honestly, they don't really care how it was built. It could have taken a thousand hours or 10 minutes. As long as it provides the value needed, they will use it. Those are some of the takeaways I found and that's how I came into you know, an email service. It seems to be the easiest way for them. It's normal, very easy to explain it. And it's all packaged in one mode. Because honestly, if you were to have any other platform, right, on Facebook, there's always a share button, you know, share it outside of the platform, you know, take the link, send it. But you're probably going to send it via text and you're probably going to send it via email. So our logic was, as a business, why not just have the whole value served in an email? You're going to send it to your vet. You're going to send it to the trainer anyway. And it's a lot easier to add other, you know, items into that email, including photography services. If you bought a horse, you're probably going to be taking a picture of it pretty soon. So I'm like, we hope, hmm. we hope so. I think that's really interesting, Nick, because you talk about how you went about troubleshooting and some of those lessons that you learned, like some of the things that you started off doing that you realized after investing time and energy and money into building and, and researching that those things weren't going to work. And it sounds like you had to really go out and talk talk to the potential consumer about what would work best for them. Did you do any work around trying to determine what people were doing already in that space? Yes, absolutely. In the beginning, when I was looking at what are the initial, what's the tech landscape in an antiquated industry, does such exist? If so, what is it? So I did look online and I, there were a couple of good tech companies that already exist. And I stumbled upon, it was Barn Manager in the back in last November. And from there, we actually went to the same college, the same alma mater. And I said, wow, that's, that's pretty uncanny. So that was helpful to get a first open door to understand a landscape and just to talk to other businesses. But I did look, there was also like Strider Pro, other well-established tech companies that are scaling. And there's others that you've seen that have come up and gone. And that was important to know, to make an, how would you call it, an autopsy, so to speak, on those businesses to say, well, I was thinking of building just that. And I see a large graveyard yeah. of those ideas. So let's understand why. I always wanted to, you know, just look at the history that has existed to those businesses and make my own, you know, business history. As an entrepreneur, it's really difficult. Most entrepreneurs don't really have a, a history book that says this is what everyone else has done. But that was really critical to make the foundational decisions for Artemis and say, where shall we? invest our time, what direction and what's the closure to justify that decision. That's interesting because you also mentioned, you know, that there can be some antiquatedness to the equine industry around buying and selling horses. And one of the things that I think about in my photography business is I have an online print shop and that is that's transferred to Facebook. And I can't even there's certain images I can't even post to Facebook that have a horse in them that Facebook flags it as selling an animal. And they won't even let me post a print of an item like an art piece into a shop. I can't get it through approval. So I'm just wondering, you know, some of those kind of more traditional ways of buying and selling a horse, you know, did you spend time doing some of that legwork as well? And to, when you're developing your product, I'm just wondering how you went back with that. Yeah. So I was looking at what are the initial items and some of them included sponsoring shows. I said, is this a, this seems a very traditional way to market to get in front of clients. That made sense because the data suggested that 80% of equestrians are extremely loyal to the products they find. And I said, okay, that, that could be good. So we could, could we sponsor a horse show? Yes. Option two, could we go into printed media as a way to distribute? Sure. You know, could we do this at conferences? Yes. So Equitana is actually one of the marketing things that's going to be occurring in, in October that we're going to be at. Another one that I was considering is Facebook ads. That seemed to work, but I also ran into the same issue that you did. And that was very frightening, but also very enlightening at the same time. I'm like, oh, 
the entire equine industry on the biggest platform is at the whim of bots. That would means that someone's sole source of income could be vanished overnight and block their account. There is, it would take too long and it's crippling. So when in my case, I was struggling to the same situation. I'm like, oh, click on this link, visit some photographers, click on this link, upload a horse. And they have image recognition to determine those images and just flag it without context because who needs context, I guess. <laughs> it just completely removed it. So I found that to be problematic initially, but there's ways around it that I found. You could put an image in a setting and that was a good way to get around the bots and just to provide a, a safer area and more like peace of mind, honestly, for the riders to say, hey, if you come on my platform, there's not a chance there's going to be any type of censorship or any you know lack of customer service because who, who are you going to call when your account gets hacked that, or your account gets blocked? It, no one's coming on Facebook. <laughs> That's frightening. So, But from an uplifting, optimistic side, I went on Facebook, looking on Instagram ads. Those have been a really good way because you could target clients by zip code on a very specific time at specific shows as to where they're going to be. So that's been really great. Those have been a good way to send media or send content out through those media channels. And email has also been showing to be a great way as well, because ultimately that is the bedrock of the internet. The first form of communication is going to be through email and text. And that has been very useful and it's much easier to track as well. Your equine based business has unique needs. It's your job to tell the story of your horse brand. You know what you want to say, but creating or finding powerful storytelling images that grab the attention of your ideal client can be a challenge, especially when you're busy running your business. That's why equine industry business leaders turn to Fast Horse Photography and a library featuring thousands of searchable images available for businesses just like yours. And guess what? 100% of those images are horse related. Now finding the right horse images for your website, social media, and all your other needs is easier than ever. Find the perfect images for your equine business right now at fasthorsephotography.com. That's fasthorsephotography.com. I love email marketing. I preach to, to people all the time. Karen knows she's sitting over there smiling. I see her face going, oh my God, here comes Kim on her email soapbox. But email does work. And I, I think that your business has proven that in, in yet another facet in that when you're communicating with people, email is an effective route of communication when you're marketing something to people, especially when it's something new and they, they glance at something and they don't quite register it on an ad. But if you can get them to kind of opt in enough to give recognition to opt into an email, then you can get them to start to recognize what it is that you're doing and understand it from a deeper perspective. It just is a really good baseline of communication. I want to go back for a moment to some of the things that you said during the first part of when you were talking about how you went through building this process up. Obviously, one is getting to know your customer really, really well. But you also, you came from a different background. So you brought innovation into this system because you didn't come from, you didn't come at it from the equestrian standpoint. You brought your background in technology and ease of use 
and those kind of things into the equation and really added that into bringing something new and different. So talk to me a little bit, Nick, about how you had to have conversations or how the conversations went with the equestrians in like your beta testing. (laughs) (laughs) What, uh, What was that like to learn about how equestrians do things a little differently than maybe some easier tech community solutions might be? The experience going out in, into the space was definitely interesting. I went in with the mindset of saying, hey, Nick, keep your mouth closed and your ears open. We're going to understand what their ops are. And we're just going to listen because that is by far the best way. And everyone in the equestrian community has been, I, I mean, literally every single person I've spoken to has been very open, telling me about their business operations, verbalizing their pain points. I mean, it was great. And of course, I started those conversations with saying, hello, my name is Nick, I'm, you know, I'm from Artemis, I'm trying to solve this problem. I'm sorry in advance, I'm not as familiar. <laughs> so if, if I ask a basic question, just know it's from a position of curiosity and I would love to learn more. My background is in tech and business and operations. So if there's any way I could help, let, let me know. I'll just love to pick your brain. And that was where it just started, just coming in with deference and saying, if I could learn and if you could lend an ear, I would appreciate it because I'm literally pursuing a business to help this industry. And if you do, I would love to offer you these services for free, right? As a thank you, if this takes off, you'll be in my VIP client list. You were there in the beginning. That was the relationship I like to establish, you know, with anybody I meet that, that's helping, you know, giving their time and just continue that process and make sure that when they're giving their opinion and, their, and your time that you're calculating it and you're showing that you're actually executing on it. Because there's a lot of people who ask for advice, they listen, they're like, wow, that sounds great. And they do the exact opposite. <laughs> so it makes the other person feel like, well, that was, well, why? Yeah. Why did you ask I mean, That was a waste <laughs> of my time to give you that feedback. I love how you said, okay, I, I invited them in. I made them a VIP. They gave me the information I needed to build a better product. Then I gave them back some status to go with that. And what we're really discussing here is when you're bringing something new and different into a marketplace, what are some of the things you really need to think about? And that's one of them. Because building a network of people, it really is who you know. And those people that you invited in as VIPs, I'm sure that they talked about their experience and their input into your project to their fellow equestrians, which eventually will come on to be customers with you. So that's an important piece of this too, because when it comes from your peer, rather than the the techie guy who says, I have this new way of doing things, will you listen to me? People tend to shut you out, right? But when it comes from their peer to say, hey, Nick really listened to me. He's really developing a great product. I think you need to look into you using this. Was that your experience? Did that network help to be able to grow your business? Yes. And another thing that has been helpful is when I was getting the initial photographers onto the platform, I spoke with them on the phone and I said, this is what Artemis is, you know, in the early days, I'm like, it's, it's small, but we're trying to make sure it's a qualified list, having professional photographers, not other photographers that claim to be professional. So we're going to have this vetted list, check it out, tell me what you think. And literally on the call, I would say, oh, that's a great idea. And then I literally changed it. And I said, please refresh your page. Is this what you mean? That experience, what they're saying, oh my gosh, I didn't just send a request into a forum into the abyss. 
it's I'm seeing my change, my impact in real time. That was for them. It was great for me. I, it took me a second. I'm like, oh, oh, that's right. There is the online experience for the equestrian world is that doesn't exist. No, <laughs> <laughs> and we were both taken aback. I was confused. I'm like, I'm sorry. Why? Why are you shocked with this? And they said this doesn't happen. And I'm like, really? Okay. But yeah, getting them involved and having pe- people want to help. They genuinely want to be a part of a big project, be part of something big. And having them involved and engaged has been really helpful. And just just keeping them in the loop and say, hey, you're relevant. You're making an impact. I want to have you join along for the ride. That's kind of how it's been, just keeping them engaged. And yes, as you mentioned, that is your also your initial network. And as people have a good experience, they'll share it. They'll post it on Instagram. They said, hey, guys, I'm on Artemis check it out. And then everyone asks, what is Artemis? And they continue. And then the whole cycle goes on. That's been a really nice way to have a results and a performance-based driven marketing approach. That seems to be a much better, much better take and less management, which is good. Good, good work. A lot of things percolate. <laughs> I'm like, wow, what concept. So. <laughs> hey, business animals, Kim here. More women than ever are starting businesses, yet so few are sharing how they do it. Why? Because being a successful female entrepreneur is hard work and comes with a unique set of challenges. That's why I joined forces with 20 other women to write the Female Entrepreneur's Playbook, where we reveal our secrets to building a business that complements and enhances our lifestyle. Each chapter is written by a different female entrepreneur, including one by me, who gives candid and advice-filled answers to empower women to lean into their zone of genius and create the business they love. Plus, if you pre-order before October 12th, your 99 cent copy will entitle you to over $1,500 in entrepreneurial resources. Those resources are delivered straight to your inbox as soon as you hit the pre-order button. Get your copy now by searching the Female Entrepreneur's Playbook on Amazon or heading over to the Business Animal website and clicking on the button under the deals for this episode. Well, and you're also using your centers of influence, right? So not every site or every person that's concentrating on wanting to help people sell horses would make the leap to, hey, I need to befriend and really get to know the photographers because the photographers already have the contacts of the people that are going to be wanting to market their horses. They're actively involved in that process. And here, I'm going to I'm gonna approach them with some ideas and use their center of influence because again you have those people that are going to go out and talk about your business and bring other and more people into it it's a big giant connected beautiful money-making spider web of of joy and happiness around selling horses so i i could give you kudos for that nick very very complimentary around that Thank you. Yeah. And you, and you hit a really good point with the photographers. When doing the initial research, I thought, who is the group of people that are literally creating content for the world to know what equestrian is? It's the photographers, hands down. Who is there at the shows, standing out for 12 hours, making videos, making pictures, making sure all the riders look glamorous, perfect, and on point at all times? To showcase that, to broadcast it, it's the photographers, hands down. And so that's why it made sense to say, okay, if I'm a horse selling and matching business, who would benefit from my service the most? Well, a compliment would be the photographers there. You need horses in order for the photographers to take pictures of it. I can't market horses with images that are, you know, a potato. (laughs) It doesn't help. If it's grainy, no one's going to buy the horse. So that's why I'm like, you know, let's work closely with the photographers. They get to have a more effective 
matchmaking service. They get to have a bigger funnel. I get to say, here's a horse that you've been matched to. Here's a short list of these photographers. It makes sense. It's a very logical and everybody wins. I like working with photographers. They're my favorite group of people. They they keep experiencing the operational quirks, shall we say, at a horse show. Like, oh, this is my time frame. And then three hours later, like, the horse show is organized like this. And I'm like, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a ton of fun and just having that close relationship. So. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that, that's been the 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 take with working with photographers and any other peripheral products even literal tack and saddles you still need a photographer for for branding it doesn't it doesn't matter what it is it's the photographers have been critical to the equestrian space and more so now as we're seeing everything is online as more shows are i think there's a couple of shows that even went for digital they went to like a digital horse show you're now having horse sales sight unseen just buying from what they see and i'm like that's a ton of leverage the photographers are market makers at that point. And you say, do you want to be anything relevant online? You, you could pick your price at that point. And it's been great to work with them because you could go on Artemis, see a short list and say, here are the photographers across the US. Which one do I want? Let me look at their portfolio. Great. That's the one for me. Send. Thank you. Spend more time riding horses, less time online. That's, that's all I'm offering. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've hit every equestrian's dream right there. Less time online, more time riding horses. And I think that is a little bit of why we're backwards sometimes in, in technology, because we are, in, and for all of our animal-based businesses out there, we have that real thing outside our door with the connection and, and with nature and with the animals. And sometimes I think we're a little further away from the tech side of things. And, and again, kudos to you for pivoting your original ideas into something that really works for your customer, because your business, I, I say this often to people, you know, they get really focused on me, me, me. I'm the entrepreneur. I'm creating a business for me. But really, you're creating a business for your customers. And I think you've done a really beautiful job of understanding your customers, understanding their needs, and really pivoting what you needed and being flexible to make a solution that works really, really well for them. And both Kara and I, I'm sure, Kara, you can chime in on this, love the fact that you've become a photographer fanboy. So <laughs> we, we need more of those. I am... <laughs> Yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> I've never been called a photographer fanboy. I'm going to add that to my LinkedIn. I'll, maybe I'll, put, I'll do that. I'll add it right there. Yeah. You know, Artemis co-founder of Horse Match and photographer fanboy. I'm going to add that. <laughs> we, we need to start a whole club. You're not only a dating site for horses to find their humans and humans to find their horses, but for horses and human pairs to find their photographer once they've made that match. Oh, I love, so, that. I love yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. One of the points you mentioned earlier, I, I wanted to touch on, I forgot. I guess what, one of the things that the entrepreneur could do with Facebook and reaching out to people, I think you could do it for literally $100. You could go on Facebook, make a form. And then say, if this is a product you like, you know, type in your email down below and we'll let you know if this is in stock. And then that's where the entrepreneur runs and says, okay, I need to figure this out now. I feel like that would be a good way to, a good strategy to implement. It just reminded me because regardless, if you're a, a photographer or any, any entrepreneur, you could do this. And then they could start a business. Who knows? Photographerfanboy.com. You know, click here and find all the biggest and photographer ambassadors. I'll wear your attire at every horse show. Subscribe here. Who knows? <laughs> Goodness. Nick's putting so, a hold on the uh, URL right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trademark 
on. Yeah. We're going to GoDaddy.com for photographer fanboy. There we go. <laughs> well, you got to be an equine photographer fanboy, no, not just any photographer. It's those of us who That's do true. the horses. Equine photographer fanboy. Well, Nick, this has been a super enlightening conversation. And Kara, do you have anything else that you want to add or ask from Nick? Not really. I think the big thing I'd like to do, because we do have so many just animal pet and equine based business owners out there and that listen to this show and also people that are kind of in the early stages of forming their business and their ideas. And do you have any just kind of takeaway tips that you'd like to leave for the audience for people that are maybe thinking about putting a new product out, creating a product or service, just anything that you want to leave our, our listeners with? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I would say for those entrepreneurs that are considering making an idea, I would say start now. And if it's an online business, just look at a YouTube video and just watch and don't get stuck on not having all the answers. Don't fall victim to analysis paralysis. And it's really easy to, to explain this to an entrepreneur. If a business always had all of the answers at all times, then you would never see an FAQ page on business sites. You would never see a help box. You would never see a contact us. But because that exists from the biggest of companies, then you know that it's unrealistic for an entrepreneur to hold themselves to that expectation. So I would say start now, learn and research as much as possible. Text other businesses that are maybe not necessarily your competitors, but you could look at peripheral and complementary businesses that may do business with a competitor. And you could understand what do they fall short of. Just listen and do the due diligence and think critically. And if you find critics on your business, bring them as close to you as possible. You want them next to you because if they're critical, it's because they're asking the questions that everyone else is thinking that especially if you're giving that pitch so i would i would encourage to establish relationships with those not necessarily naysayers but those that give it a hard look and says i'm seriously considering your offering but can it do this keep them close solve their needs because if you could make that sale with you know the hardest of people then for the most part you're going to be in a pretty good position if you fail to plan plan to fail that's that's the logic and the mantra that I've been working with. That's fantastic and perfectly put. Thank you so much for that. I just, yeah, I love that. And I think there are people out there that are, you know, Kim, we talk about it sitting on your butt all the time, you know, just you've got one more thing you need to learn, you know, but, but I'll do this, but first I need to, you know, we have all these different different ways and, and we can always send you guys to that episode if, if folks want to find it. But I really appreciate that. Nick, can you tell um, folks that are listening, where can they find you online? And then this episode, should be coming out right before a big event that you're going to be at as well. So if you want to just share a little bit about how folks can find you and connect with you, we'd love that. Sure. So you could find me at artemishorsematch.com. Um, that's where you could add in your sale horse for free or have a horse request search. Um, you could also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Artemis Horse Match as well. And you could either speak with me or one of my team members, and we're always happy to chat with anybody. If you, even if you want to talk about entrepreneurial things, this is great. Not every business is 100% perfect, but we love to talk with people who put in 100% effort. So I'll help them. Nice. And don't forget to look for him at hashtag equine photographer fanboy as well. <laughs> um, and also what Kara was also getting at was uh, Nick is going to be at Equitana. Are you going to have a booth at Equitana? Won't have a booth this year. Definitely looking forward to having one next year. Uh, this is going to be the first year that Equitana is going to be at the Kentucky Horse Park. So I'm really eager to be meeting 
all the other booths, the breed associations, looking at the shows. I'm, I'm really excited to do that. And if anyone's going to be there. Look him up. Yeah. Watch for, he, he has a really nice logo with a horse's head and it says Artemis under it. And he's been logoed up at every conversation we've had. So if you see a guy wandering around Equitana with a black shirt that says Artemis on it, by all means, stop and talk to him and say, you heard about him on the Business Animal Podcast <laughs> and ask him questions about, um, I think he's a, he's a very approachable young man and um, <laughs> very much on the right track. And I can't wait to see what you do next and how successful you're going to be with Artemis Horse Match and how many beautiful relationships are going to be formed from your business idea. I appreciate that, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. I try to be approachable. <laughs> very nice. Very so, much so. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.